Hi, welcome to Pod Potatoes. This is Mark Selzer, your host. Today this is going to be my first uh, movie review episode of Pod Potatoes. We're going to be reviewing Woke Onda Forever. Yep, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking about Woke Onda. Is it Woke Onda Forever? Does it ruin the movie? Is it worth seeing? Uh, Watch out, there's going to be some spoilers, so uh, unless you, uh, well, you know, there's going to be some, but not that many. I'm not going to talk about some of the, some of the things uh, I'm purposely not going to talk about, some of the surprises in the movie, some of the things that surprised me a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about those, I'm going to be talking about, uh, is it too PC? Is it, I mean, you know, pretty much everything you see today. Now it's very PC, and I uh, can really wreck a lot of things. But you know, as a as a longtime uh, Marvel aficionado, as a longtime uh, reader, I'm a person that grew up reading these comic books. You know, when I see a Black Panther movie, I pretty much know everything is going to happen. Was we'll at least the last one. Because uh, I know, uh, I've read every single, you know, not every single, but, you know, I read a bunch of Black Panther comic books growing up, so I knew pretty much everything that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, but I did see, I did see uh, Wakanda Forever today in my... I saw it in Thailand. I'm in Thailand right now. I saw it in Thailand. I saw it with Thailand uh, uh, subtitles. And there are kind of some subtitles in the movie, so it was a little bit confusing. You'd see the subtitles that were supposed to be in the movies, then you'd see some Thai underneath, which I cannot read at all. But anyway, I saw it in the theater. I think it was one other person in there. Pretty empty. I don't know if that means it was a... You know, uh, it's, it's a horrible uh, lack of success here. I don't know if anyone's seeing it. I don't know what any of the numbers are. I don't know what any of the numbers are for the movie. I understand it has a pretty good weekend in the United States. A lot of people have complained about the... Uh, uh, a lot of people complained about the... The wokeness, you know. You have uh, all women. A lot of people uh, really... Uh, not all women, but yeah, pretty much... And a lot of people call it the MCU. You can hear a lot of people uh, complaining about that. And uh, the wokeness, you know, every character is a woman who's a genius or a leader or a blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, some of these people are not convincing. But, you know, <clears throat> Marvel has always been a very woke thing. They kind of invented woke in a lot of ways. You know, as part of the history of Marvel is uh, the whole thing. Most of the characters created by a guy named Jack Kirby, who was a screaming liberal. And uh, so was uh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee pretty much took credit for everything that Jack Kirby created. And that's the story of Marvel. But that's a whole other uh, podcast. Maybe we'll do that someday. But uh, there's a guy named Jack Kirby, two Jews. They created... Uh, uh, Wakanda, they created the Black Panther in the early 60s. First, he was a character to be in the Fantastic Four, kind of almost a villain. 
uh, for the Fantastic Four, and then they became friends. And, uh, you know, he's always been kind of a, a B-list uh, Marvel character that I always liked, and I would always pick up a Black Panther comic book whenever I could find it, whenever I could get my hands on it. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they would always gender swap the comic books, characters, you know, they create, it started as a tradition, started out as a tradition in, uh, in comic books even before Marvel was really a very successful comic book way back when they were, they were always around, they were always around something called uh, Atlas Comics and then before that were called Timely Comics. And so they, then they only became Marvel in the early 60s when they started creating some of their iconic characters like the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and the Hulk and the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, the, uh, that's when the character was created. And so all these characters, you know, I watch the Marvel stuff, even though, yeah, I do wince and cringe a lot, a lot of the preachy wokeness when it gets that way, but I love the characters so much. There's so much in my heart. But, you know, as I was saying, uh, they would always do that. And that was a tradition. You know, they, they had uh, Spider, uh, Superman. Of course, they created Superwoman and Superboy and Superdog and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Marvel has done that, too, with their, a lot of their characters. You know, even before they gender swapped, uh, uh, even before they gender swapped, uh, Thor, as it did recently in this uh, movie, I guess was a little bit of a bomb, uh, in the last Thor movie, when they had the girl Thor, uh, you know, that was already done in the comic books, and, and they'll do that in comic books just to piss everyone off, you know, and just to get sales, or just to, you know, if it sells, they'll do it, if it doesn't sell, they'll, you know, get rid of it, but, you know, they do it already anyway, just to try something new, try anything new, try anything different. Also, you know, there's a whole history of it in Marvel. You know, one of the uh, early uh, comic books of Marvel was the Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. This is a war comic book, and they wanted to write a war comic book. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby wanted to write a war comic book that was about, uh, you know, where they would have a black guy. They would have, even though there were no black guys in the Army back then in or they have a, uh, or they weren't in combat roles, but they had this guy in a combat role as a black guy. And uh, yeah, have a Mexican guy, have a gay guy. They didn't really say he was gay, but they just had him, you know, his dialogue was supposed to be uh, implying that he was gay. And a, uh, uh, a Mexican guy, a guy from Spain, and a... Uh, an Irishman, an Italian, and a white guy. And this was, uh, became basically the uh, kind of a uh, template for many of the movies like The Dirty Dozens and stuff like that. Kind of came out of the comic book. They were the first, they were the first ones to, to do that uh, kind of thing. It kind of started there. A lot of the, you know, they were pretty woke. You know, they were always trying to create black superheroes and... Uh, they were always trying to do something uh, different and be inclusive and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, Marvel's, you grew up reading Marvel, it was kind of woke already. But, you know, the thing about, if you're a big Marvel fan, if you're a big fan of Marvel, 
then you're going to uh, kind of probably, if you grew up, see, I grew up with Prince Namor. I grew up with, with uh, Emperor Rex. He's also known as the Submariner. I don't think they call him the Submariner in this uh, movie at all. He does say Empress Rex, and this is uh, some of his catchphrase that he always says. Like the thing says, it's clobbering time. And it's his, it's his you know, trademark. And he does say that in the movie. But the thing is, he's pretty unrecognizable. And that's kind of sad. It's kind of a sad thing. He doesn't really look like the Submariner. But, you know, he looks enough like him, I guess, to satisfy people like me to a certain extent. They had Nomura in there, who's the female version of Nomura. And he doesn't have much time. They don't even call her Nomura. And they have Attila, which is a big uh, character in his universe, in his stories a lot, in uh, what used to be Atlantis. And the comic book says Atlantis. Here it's something else. I can't remember what it is. And he has a Mayan origin, which is kind of sad. But when you look at the uh, when you look at the comic book, basically, if you don't know what the comic book looked like or what Nomura looks like in the comic book, he looks like Spock in like a bathing suit and muscles, and that's basically where they took the uh, the look of Spock from was from the Submariner. You had the exaggerated eyebrows that are pointy, and the pointy ears. And so, I think if they, even though the even though the, uh, Prince Namor was a character, their oldest comic book character, I believe starting in 49, and this was created before Aquaman. A lot of people may confuse him with Aquaman, so that's why they wanted to get rid of the Atlantis thing, that he's from Atlantis. And uh, also they may not have had the rights to it. Some people are speculating about that. They needed to change the character a lot because they may not have the rights to the more. So the distinctive likeness thereof, uh, maybe they needed to alter that for some reason. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But uh, anyway, if people, if they would have made him look like he does in the comics, people would have said, you know, he looks like Spock, you know, but he lives underwater. So I guess, you know, they needed to avoid that as well as any kind of comparisons to Aquaman. Which is unfair because, again, they were created. People, they go, oh, this is Marvel's version of Aquaman. It's actually not Marvel's version of Aquaman. Aquaman is DC's version of uh, DC Comics, their version of the Submariner or Prince Namor. So uh, he is, it's a, it's a, it does, you know, it does use enough of it to kind of satisfy me. But I kind of wish he was a little more Namor as I knew him in the comic books. But then again, there would be problems with that. But, you know, these characters are, again, as I said before, so much in my heart. I grew up with them. I know so much about them. They're, they're characters that I started out reading and seeing when I was seven years old. When I first started reading Marvel comics and pretty much was... A fan of Marvel. I had some DCs, but I never really went out and bought Batman or Superman comics. I bought Marvel comics. I bought the Hulk. I bought Thor. I bought Iron Man. I bought uh, a lot of the other Marvel titles. Power Man. Uh, a lot of a lot of different titles that they had that were amazing. And there was a subtitle called Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, which was one of my favorite comics. 
And that, of course, has been made into a movie. wasn't a very big success, I don't think. Not as much as uh, Endgame and things like that. Didn't make Shang-Chi a household name or Shang-Chi. I'm not even, still not even sure how to say it, even though I've read that comic book my whole life. And I watched the movie once. I may watch it again. I have Disney. I've subscribed to Disney. Just because, again, I'm so close to those characters. Let's see if we can play a little bit of the commercial. I don't know if I'll be violating anyone's copyright here. But let's play a little bit of the commercial and see what happens. Oh, that doesn't even seem to be the commercial. Seems to be, uh, seems to be the video game. I guess there's a video game too. Didn't even know that. Wanted to play a little of it of the uh, truth of the more he does have wings on his feet, which is nice, you know. Uh, he uh, that's how he was in the comic books, he can fly on the uh, in the air and uh, also uh, move underwater, lives underwater. And unlike his people, and they keep this, keep this from the movie, he can breathe air just fine, but he has to go into the water. Uh, from time to time, and uh, it doesn't trust the service world. Pretty much a lot of the elements are the same from the comics. A lot of the, the a lot about the character is very much the same from the comic books, and you know that's good. And it, you know it kept me going because you know I get to see a at least something that's kind of no more ish as I know him. But the but the rest of the world, you know, they don't know no more. They don't know the Submariner. As I said, they don't even call him the Submariner in the movie. Angela Bassett gives a good performance. She's a very solid actress. There's some solid actors in this. And uh, the guy they have playing Namor, Namor is not super ripped in this movie, although the guy is looks bulky and strong. He has some muscles. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an okay Namor. I do not like his beard. Namor with a beard, I don't like that. A little bit of a beard, a little scraggly beard. I don't know, I'd rather he be clean-shaven. It seems weird to have a beard underwater. But uh, Namor can fly, since he's a mutant, he can fly in the air and underwater, of course. You, anyone can fly because it's you can swim, right? And uh, But the people who live underneath the water are unable to breathe the air, so they have to wear a breathing apparatus above ground whenever they go out of the water 
and then they had were putting the same things, the same uh, device onto the mouth and breathing area of the uh, of the earth dwellers and took them down to their uh, land or almost there. And then, uh, so, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting. This was all interesting and it kept me going. I didn't think I was going to be bored. I guess it's over two hours long, this movie. I thought maybe I'll watch half of it. I'll watch the rest of it later, but I was able to sit through the whole thing and I wasn't really bored. I was pretty, I was pretty into it. There's some good action scenes in there. There's very little of the Black Panther in the movie. And this is the new Black Panther who is female and smaller and I have to say that that part of it is very underwhelming. Uh, it's very CGI-y, CGI-ish. It's not as uh, dazzling. The whole movie is, there is a lot of dazzling visuals in the movie, as you would expect from a Marvel movie. And that is true. That does not disappoint. The costuming in Wakanda, the Wakanda cities and villages and landscapes and interiors uh, it's all very original and very nicely done and based on a lot of the things that jack kirby uh you know visualized way back in the 60s and it it's gorgeous and the co the costuming again gorgeous just absolutely beautiful of the wakandan people and also the uh underwater costumes of the people that are and again, I forget what they're called in the movie. I know it as Atlanteans, but in there, they're something else. They're called something else. And uh, so it's, it's visually, it's, it's very beautiful. There's some beautiful stuff underwater, the underwater uh, world of Namor. And the, but the, when you see the Black Panther, she's, She's kind of like, you know, Jaws. You get like 15 minutes of Jaws only towards the end of the movie, you know, and you don't see him, you know, Jaws the whole movie and they keep like, building up the, uh, the uh, you know, we're going to show you this, we're going to show you this, we're going to show them and they do, you know. But in Jaws, you're impressed when you finally see the shark. Wow, look at that. But here in this, it's kind of like Jaws, they keep hinting, they're going to show you, they're going to show you, they're going to show you. And then once they do and we see uh, the new Black Panther, the new gender-swapped uh, Black Panther in battle, it's very underwhelming. It's very CGI, uh, doesn't seem very menacing, doesn't seem very uh, dangerous, doesn't seem very real, it looks... Uh, it looks animated. It is, it is not that impressive. It's somewhat visually appealing, but really we don't see much of what makes the Black Panther the Black Panther, and that is the physical uh, prowess. We see a lot of uh, acrobatic uh, kind of new Black Panther. Not very, it doesn't enthuse you, really. It doesn't really grab you or enthuse you very much. You're not going, oh, I need to see this new female Black Panther, you know, fighting somebody else. Better towards the end of the movie where she fights Namor. I won't say what happened or who wins, 
But uh, it does end up, you know, at the end with a big battle, of course, between Namor and the new Black Panther. And somewhat unbelievable, somewhat silly. But still, uh, you know, it was good. It was riveting. It was uh, interesting. But still nothing uh, all that uh, mind-blowing <clears throat> as far as things go. I don't know how the movie will do. I don't know. Uh, I guess it had a good weekend. I don't know how it will do overseas. I don't know how it will do in China. If they can show it in China. I don't know. But uh, I just know I saw it here in a movie theater in Thailand. Thailand does have nice movie theaters. And it's very cheap. And the food there is very cheap. And they don't bother you bringing stuff in the movie theaters in Thailand. They let you bring in whatever you want. And they have, you know, food that's for sale there, but they don't bother you coming in. I had a big bag of food that I bought. And I went in there and had some drinks. And uh, they didn't care. They didn't look at me or anything. So, and that's pretty much what they do in Thailand. They let you do whatever you want. Especially if you're a tourist. Let the tourists do whatever you want. Just leave your fucking money here. You better believe it, man. But anyway, there was, a, there, was some, there was some good scenes. There was a lot of dialogue. There was an origin story of Namor, which was not all that interesting. But it was, you know, it was okay. It kept you going. But uh, this is no end game, you know. Uh, before they did show the, uh, I guess we should talk a little bit about the Marvel Universe and the MCU, as it's now being called. Everyone's getting gender swapped. They just gender swapped Thor. And they gender swapped uh, Black Panther now. And uh, evidently there's a movie coming out with a bunch of female characters. It was originally going to be a Captain Marvel. But everyone's very uh, not interested in Captain Marvel. So they're calling it something else that's coming out. And uh, evidently there is a character that will be coming out uh, from this movie on into a uh, on Disney Plus as a on the Marvel Disney Plus <clears throat> as a miniseries. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, you know. Eventually in the future they could have a entire uh, channel of just Marvel, what they already kind of do on Disney Plus. You know, they could have a a cable television channel as well, just showing that stuff. And eventually they'll have enough things to, to show on there. They probably already do. And so, you know, that would be an interesting thing to have them launch it that way. It would be a good way to get uh, some some more viewers, some more money out of what they're doing, just to sell it. You know, have a channel other than just a Disney channel. They could just have a Marvel channel. Maybe is something coming in the future. I don't know. Well, anything... Uh, Maybe broadcast television will be, cable television will be a thing of the past and everything will just be internet. We'll see what happens in the future. We don't know. Have an infinite number of channels like on YouTube and everything else. And the Marvel should be on there also, but they want you to pay for it. So maybe they could have old, really old shows on there and make you pay for the new ones. I don't know. I don't know what will happen with it. But, you know, talking about some of the other things that are happening in the 
the MCU, as it's now called, you know, they they have some okay, interesting uh, content there on the Disney Plus Marvel. There's some okay stuff. I think the best things are uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, besides the end of it, it's really horrible and woke and preachy and cringy. And then the uh, uh, Hawkeye is very good. Hawkeye show is very good. Uh, the WandaVision is very good. There are some, some interesting things in all of it that has its moments in there. The new Hulk actually uh, is very woke too and it makes you cringe. But it has its moments. It has its moments. It's uh, challenging and that's good. And it's challenging, you know, that she keeps breaking what's called the third wall in the movie. So the the Hulk was okay. The She-Hulk, I'm sorry. The She-Hulk was okay. And it did have the Hulk in it and uh, for a little while. And uh, the Ruffalo Hulk was in it for a little bit. And uh, I guess that made it somewhat interesting. What's called from the comic books the Professor Hulk, which is the... Hulk with uh, Bruce Banner's mind, but a much more kind of flamboyant personality than Bruce Banner had. And uh, he was known as David Banner in the, in the uh, TV show, but uh, it's Bruce Banner, as in all of the many comic book names have a first name and the last name with the same thing, like... Uh, character eventually they'll be coming out with is uh, <laughs> uh, Nova and his name was oh god I forget this is an example of what I was talking about now I forget it but Clark Kent Peter Parker uh, Bruce Banner things like that you know a lot of comic book names have a, a first and a last name being the same syllable or same sound and that is actually, there's a name for that. There's a big grammar name for that, but I don't know what that is. So there's some okay content, you know, coming out of Marvel. They're cranking it out. I think this guy, uh, Feige or whatever his name is, I think he's going to be on the way out. I think eventually he will be replaced. I think a lot of these people will be replaced because I think Marvel is, is a lot of not getting as much viewership as it, as it should it's uh, it's not being as successful as it should. Uh, there's a saying, you know, get woke, go broke. Maybe this stuff is you know, a little too woke, and uh, that stuff's going to that stuff is uh, dragging itself. You know, I remember I was watching the Superman Sir Superwoman series on cable, and it was interesting because they kept bringing in a lot of different uh, Mar Marvel and DC characters, old superheroes the uh the red tornado etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh the martian manhunter was in there and uh they had a a race swap martian manhunter and uh it was it was okay it was all right but it was so woke you know everyone was a was a a lesbian everyone had to be you know a lesbian or gay and the men had to be like subservient to the women and every role of anyone that was dominant or smart had to be played by a woman and the men had to be subservient uh, to the women and it was it was you know it, it eventually it, it got to me 
was just this is the barrage of wokeness and it just got to be too much after a while. I had to stop listening to it and watching it. And it was it was just uh, it was a lot. So anyway, that's DC. We're talking about the DC Cinematic Universe. We're talking about Marvel here. You know, I'm not as familiar with the DC Cinematic Universe, nor am I as familiar with the comic books. Because again, I grew up reading Marvel. Still now, I have Marvel. I have something called Marvel Digital Comics. I I read like one old comic book from the 70s or 80s a day off of that and uh, just kind of move through and read some of the comic books that I kind of missed, you know, when I was, or I couldn't find those issues, you know, when I was, when I was growing up and used to go to the spinner racks inside of the, of the 7-Elevens and the other kind of uh, liquor stores that had comic books in them. And uh, I used to go there, grab them, and uh, read them. Read them twice, read them three times. Read the Hulk. Read the Hulk over and over again. Later on, I amassed a pretty big collection of all the Hulks. And then I started to look into selling them just before they uh, started to uh, go down in value a lot. That's a whole. That's a whole other story, but anyway, uh, Wakanda forever. Hope I don't give too many too many spoilers on it. It is a it's a good film. There's some solid performances in the film. Uh, looks like uh, well, no, I'm not going to talk about that. That's a spoiler. I'm not going to go into that. There's some interesting uh, looking, I guess, technology, you could call it. It's uh, science fiction-y. The show, the movie could be more science fiction-y, actually. It could be more into the technology and things like that. But there is a lot of that. There is a lot of uh, discussion of some scientific, some, some fantasy <laughs> scientific devices. And there's some there's some plot holes, you know, it's like, why are they doing that? How could that have happened? Wouldn't this have happened? Wouldn't that have happened? Uh, people do shoot at the people from, uh, we're going to call it Atlantis. We're going to call the, from the water, from the underwater kingdom. I forget what they're calling it in the movie. But people do shoot at them and they can survive being shot at because they live underwater in the deep, deep, deep sea, and so they're, they're much stronger and uh, tougher so they don't get crushed by the ocean, living way down to the bottom of the ocean. And they're blue, which is good. Didn't have to swap them, race swap them. They've race swapped Namor in a, in a, in a way, made him Hispanic. And again, it's, it's okay, you know. Uh, it works with the character a little bit. And I guess there are some problems, again, with the character. But uh, I don't think they want, I wouldn't think he wanted to change it to make it so people wouldn't uh, think they were a copy of uh, Aquaman, which came, which came later, as I've already gone over. 
but I I just uh, wish it would have been more recognizable as Namor from the comic books. He was, in a sense, he has the same green pants, the same green swim trunks that uh, he wore in the in the comic books. He has the same green and gold trunks and uh, the wings on his feet and the pointy ears, but he has a big pair of Mayan earrings on his pointy ears and he has something through his nose. I don't know if this is supposed to be something to help him breathe or something like that, but in the water, the air, but it's just, it's a little overdone, a little overdoing it with the, with the uh, bolt through the nose for no more. Little overdone, and uh, his ears do get obscured, the pointy ears. They're not as big as they should be either. You know, they were more bigger and bolder in the comic books. Here they're a little bit small. They're, they're just, they're kind of uh, mellowed out a little bit. They should be bigger. The ears should be a little bit bigger. A little more size on the ears and pointy, more pointier. And they're really kind of subdued in the movie. I, I kind of wish, again, he was a little more Nomorish, as I know him from the comics. But there was enough of him there to make me go, okay, you know, it's always wonderful if you grew up watching the comic, I mean, reading the comics, to see those characters come to life in a convincing way on the screen is really nice, and to see, you know, their translation under the screen, if they do a good job of it, you know. And... It, this, we kind of missed a little of that here because, at least for someone, you know, who grew up reading the comic books, very different. The character looks visually very different, but still is somewhat recognizable as the more, the, the more you knew growing up. And, uh, you know, the actor who plays him is actually okay. He's just okay. You know, he doesn't knock it out of the park, you know, there's really no one knocking it out of the park here performance-wise except Angela Bassett's, you know, pretty good. Not her best performance, but pretty good. You know, I remember when she was in every movie you'd go see for a while there. And this is a good, juicy role for her. Uh, it, it's a good, juicy role. I won't say what happens to her here because, uh, again, spoiler I don't want to do too many spoilers in this. There are some plot twists, you know, some things they do, some things you don't expect them to do. Uh, There's some the pretty good battle scenes, but again, the battle scenes with the Black Panther are underwhelming. You know, I think that they could have made the battle scenes, especially the battle scenes with the... Uh, with all of the, uh, the spears... This could have actually been a little more gruesome, actually. It could have been a little more gritty. could have been a little more uh, realistic. Uh, but instead, a lot of it was very cartoon-ish, very cartoon-like. Uh, there wasn't a lot of great choreography in the battle scenes. It was all kind of trite. You know, and you really, I think that they really need to do that, you know, because superhero comic books are very much about the battles between the superheroes, and they really need to, you know, get more into that in this movie 
they do a little bit, you know, but they it, it always needs to be more. They need to get more into the powers and how that drives the plot and how that drives the action. That's a very important thing to make something that is very uh, different from what you have seen on in movies before because this is one of the reasons they're adopting comic books because it's like the last thing they haven't done already, you know? It's the last area that uh, it kind of took technology to catch up a little bit to in order to have, you know, superheroes on screen that aren't just, you know, campy guys in tights, you know, and girls in tights. And, and this goes a little beyond that, but again, it's almost like the technology hasn't caught up to really bring us some of the battle scenes, which just looked a little too CGI. Some of it was uh, fantastic. Some of it was, uh, you know, astoundingly good, and there were some great visuals. But but again, that's one of my main criticisms. There is the the battles just uh, weren't very good, and a superhero movie should be all about the battles between the superpowered beings and uh and then you have a bunch of people working together but there was there was some some good stuff some interesting stuff some good intrigue with uh the government a little little bit becomes a little bit of a spy thriller there on the side uh in a weird way becomes a little bit of a spy thriller and dealing with uh uh, the secret government organizations and stuff like that. It becomes a little bit of an international. It follows some of the plot uh, things you would expect to see in an uh, international thriller, international spy thriller kind of thing, kind of mixed in. And that, you know, is, is kind of interesting. I didn't expect them to go as far down that road as they did. But they did, and they actually did it in a pretty convincing, pretty interesting way. So I'm going to give this uh, film, I would say, three out of five stars I would give it. As far as a Marvel film goes, I would give it three out of five stars. You know, I'd give uh, Miss Marvel probably the worst thing that I've seen Marvel do. Uh, I would give that one or two stars. This I would give three. You know, it's a little bit better. It's no uh, end game, you know, and many of the Avengers movies I'd have to give five stars. End game I'd have to give five stars. And, uh, but do they knock it out of the park with some of these new characters? One of the most iconic characters in Marvel Comics is the Submariner. And they will introduce uh, various, you know, new comic book characters all the time. They're never going to run out. With, for those of you who didn't grow up reading Marvel Comics, you know there's an endless number of characters in there that they could use and probably will use. And some of those characters that were kind of B-list characters in the comic books could become huge in the um, movies. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was never a monster hit when it first came out in the 70s. But uh, evidently, you know, and it, but it certainly was at the box office. So you have, uh, you know, some iconic characters in there from Marvel. They were all kind of B-list characters. And they become A-list characters in the Marvel Universe in the cinema. So you never know when you have an idea from a comic book that was never that developed. Even a comic book character that only appeared in one issue of something 
could be, you know, picked up by some filmmakers and they could make a hit Disney streaming only series out of it. Or they could make a movie out of it and be, could become huge. You know, they pretty much showed us all the characters right now that Marvel has created that everyone knows about, that the public knows a little bit better, that were famous before the movies, like Thor, like Spider-Man, like Iron Man, like the Hulk, the Avengers. These were things that uh, some people who never really read comic books, you know, may have seen. Certainly Spider-Man, Captain America, certainly. And, uh, but, you know, you get into the more obscure ones, like the Black Panther. I don't think no one had heard of the Black Panther before the movie came out, unless we were reading Marvel Comics. Same with uh, Moon Knight, and same with uh, uh, Ant-Man, and pretty much then, but, you know, these have become hit movies. Now everyone knows who they are. The X-Men, everyone, I don't think anyone knew who the X-Men were, or Wolverine was, before they had those movies, but now they've become part of, you know, these characters have become part of pop culture that everyone knows about. And that's kind of interesting, but the thing is, uh, they've run out of uh, characters, of course, at Marvel that everyone's already heard of. And now they're going to be bringing in the other, other characters that most people haven't heard of, that most people don't know about, who weren't grow up reading, growing up reading comics. And they're never going to run out. I heard a segment on Joe Brogan where they're saying, oh, they're running out of superheroes. They're not going to run out of superheroes. They're never going to run out of superheroes. Marvel has bought, was bought, uh, Marvel was bought in whole, the whole thing, all of the characters, everything, was bought by Disney. So Disney now owns all the characters, and Marvel owns the rights to the characters going all the way back to the 1930s. And so they have the rights to all these characters, they have the right to all the characters in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. All of it has been bought and is now owned by Marvel. And there's so many characters in there that have been, I mean, there's thousands and endless thousands of characters. And again, any obscure character, if done right, can become uh, a household name, become very popular, become a huge uh, something on streaming, a streaming Disney Disney uh, Plus uh, show could become a huge hit there and then go on to the movies or back and forth or become a huge hit movie and go on to the streaming. Or characters from that could go on there, like characters from the Avengers were taken and put into streaming shows like Hawkman, and not Hawkman, I'm sorry, that's DC, like uh, uh, Hawkeye and uh, and uh, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon have uh, gone on from the movies to be on the streaming shows. So we'll see how that goes. Let's see how that, how that plays out. If they don't drag the whole Marvel Universe into the dirt like you're doing with Star Wars. I tried to watch the, the recent, most recent Disney Star Wars streaming show and let me tell you, there was nothing there that grabbed me at all. I was never able to finish it. I got through a little bit of it and uh, that was pretty much it. It didn't even feel like Star Wars to me very much. Kind of sad. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Marvel. It's kind of 
Are they going to run Marvel into the ground? I suppose if they do, if things continue to decline, probably get rid of the people that are running Marvel now. Feige, I think his name is. They'll probably get rid of him and move on to something else. So that's it. That's my uh, conclusion of uh, Wakanda Forever. That's my review. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope I didn't spoil it for you. I left a lot out. I didn't really give you too many spoilers in there. So you don't have to worry. I'm not going to you haven't like spoiled a lot of the surprises. You can watch the if you go watch the movie. You're gonna a couple of little things are gonna be you're gonna be kind of warned about, but uh, the the big surprises in the movie I've kind of kept those out of this. So you know there'll there'll be some some shocks and some oohs and some ahs for you if you go see the movie. It's it's a pretty good you know, popcorn film. You know it's uh, it's pretty good. Don't think too much. Just sit back, enjoy the fun. And uh, I guess uh, we'll see you at the movies next time. This is Mark Selzer for Pod Potatoes. I'm, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Selzer, M-A-R-K-S-E-L-Z-E-R. Be found on YouTube, uh, YouTube slash Mark Selzer. And on Facebook, you can find me there and send me a friend request. That's fine. I'll gladly uh, speak to you. Uh, online if I have time. If I don't friend you back, it's because... Well, this is my fan page. This is my regular page. And my regular page usually have over 5,000 uh, friends on there. Until I say something, you offend everybody and get rid of a couple of hundred people who get rid of me. Or someone's running a slander campaign against me. Then uh, I usually have over 5,000 friends. And I can't accept your friend request. But just leave it there. And eventually uh, some people will leave me. And uh, I will be able to friend you back. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.